the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Apostle John, as a Jewish man writing to his fellow Jews, presents the condemnation of Jesus, who is the true King of Israel, as the great betrayal of the nation by its leadership. Nations are often betrayed by their leaders. Now, I mentioned there's a lot more to unpack in verse 11. That's verse 11 in chapter 19 in the book of John. And you just heard Pastor Leighton Sheely, our teacher on this broadcast, call study verse by verse. And in typical form, he'll move on to verse 12 in just a moment. He covered a lot of verse 11 on our last broadcast on Friday. And you can hear any of the past programs from this lengthy series in the book of John when you go to our website at highlands.us. That's Highlands. I'm Mike Trout, and hopefully you have your Bible. Turn to the book of John, chapter 19, as Pastor Layton continues. Verse 12, from then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, if you release this man, you're not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. Pilate was totally convinced that Jesus had done nothing worthy of death, but the Jewish leaders here are in, setting Jesus in opposition to Caesar. Caesar's friend was a, a term that was used to describe a loyal supporter of Caesar and Rome. And here the Jews are suggesting that the claims of Christ put Christ in conflict with Caesar. And in fact, that really is the sense. You have to, it's a question of, is Christ king or is Caesar king? And that John does not want his readers to miss. Many early believers lost their lives. They were put to death for treason because they refused to say, King Caesar, that Caesar is my king because they had only one king and that king is King Jesus. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. Now, the Jews here don't spell out their threat, but it can't be any doubt that this would be a damaging accusation against Pilate in Rome. And there's ample reason for him to fear this implied threat. Tiberius Caesar had a, was quick to entertain suspicion about his subordinates and quick to exact a ruthless punishment upon them. And there had been previous occasions with a conflict between Pilate and the Jewish leaders where they had reported him to Rome. And he had no reason to believe that they wouldn't this time. And if that were the case, then what defense could he possibly give to a paranoid ruler against a charge that he had failed to convict and execute a man who was arraigned on well-substantiated charges of sedition? Everyone knew that any claim to be a king signaled opposition to Caesar. Verse 13, so when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, 
Behold your king. As Pilate sits down to make judgment upon Jesus, the irony is that it's really Jesus making judgment upon him. Because we are ultimately judged for our response to Jesus. The Gospel of Mark describes this as the third hour. The Gospel of John describes it as the sixth hour. And there are a number of reasons that the various commentators have been given for the difference. I think it's simple to, for us to understand that people in antiquity did not have clocks or watches. And the passage of time, as we all know, varies on the fact if we're having a good time or not a good time. It varies. And so late morning would have been a, a way to describe that would encompass both of these descriptions. Verse 15 They cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Pilate knows that this political trap has been well set and he cannot escape. So he taunts his opponents once more. He declares that Jesus is their king. Here is is your king. This bloodied and helpless prisoner is your king and the only king you're likely to ever have. To which they respond, we have no king but Caesar. Now nothing could be more ludicrous than this proclamation of loyalty on the lips of such men. The Hebrew scriptures insist that there's only one true king in Israel and that is God himself that the the line of Davidic kings, the King David, are legitimate because they are bound by covenant. And by insisting they have no king but Caesar, they're not only rejecting Jesus, but they're also abandoning any messianic cope because the Messiah was to be born a king. And they are claiming we don't have any king except Caesar. The Apostle John encapsulated this rejection in his prologue when he wrote, He came to his own, but his own received him not. The Apostle John, as a Jewish man writing to his fellow Jews, presents the condemnation of Jesus, who is the true king of Israel, as the great betrayal of the nation by its leadership. Nations are often betrayed by their leaders. Now, I mentioned there's a lot more to unpack in verse 11, where Jesus said, You have no authority over me at all unless it's been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. And here Jesus gives us some incredible insight into authority. James Montgomery Boyce wrote, This statement does not merely separate the two spheres of authority, that is, Caesar's and God's. It brings them together into relationship with one another showing that the authority of government comes not from anything intrinsic to itself, but from God. That is, it is a delegated authority. Consequently, there's always the matter of responsibility to government and responsibility to God, called sin. One word often translated power is dunamis, which which describes explosive power. We get our words dynamite and dynamic from it. Another word translated power is kratos, which means naked power of rule. And it can be legitimate. It can also be illegitimate, as in the case of the devil who has the power of death, which will be taken away by God, Hebrews 2.14. 
Kratos gives us the words democracy, plutocracy, and others. Now, if Jesus had used either of these words in this sentence, he would have meant only that all power of rule or government comes from God. But Jesus did not use dunamis or kratos in his warning to Pilate. He used an even stronger word, exousia, which means legitimate authority. Now suppose the king is a very wicked king, or the president a very wicked president. Is a command from such a king legitimate, or should a Christian disobey it? Well, the answer is that there are indeed limits. And therefore, although we must be careful to render every possible measure of obedience to those in authority, we must still do nothing contrary to the express commands of God in the Scriptures or to that standard of morality arising from them. Authority being granted by another necessarily involves responsibility to that other. And responsibility, if it is not properly exercised, involves sin against him. In other words, authority enhances human government, but it also has limits. For it has an authority bound by the moral nature of the God from whom it comes. No government has the right to command the Christian to perform an immoral or non-Christian act. We're reminded here of the Nazi era in Germany in which Christians living there were faced with a devilish state and its openly anti-Christian and even anti-human practices. During this period, German citizens were commanded to have no dealings with the Jews in that country. They were not to trade with them, help them, have friendships with them, or acknowledge them in any way. Such a policy was immoral. Thus, although many German Christians obeyed the government in this regard, they did not need to obey and should not have. Christians must speak out against racism, government and corporate corruption, discrimination and other evils. Moreover, they must staunchly refuse to participate in them in any way, even if they are commanded to do so by their government or by a business superior. The writings of James Montgomery Boyce. God did give authority. He gave authority in the home to the husband and the father. He gave authority in the church to the elders and the pastor. He gave authority in government after the, after the flood, Genesis chapter 9. But that authority is for the purpose of serving. Father's never given authority from God to abuse his wife, bless the children. Pastor and elders are not, don't have a God-given authority to abuse the flock. Government doesn't have a God-given authority to abuse its people. Our nation's coming up on an election that's going to determine the future leadership. And in the race are Christians, non-Christians, and anti-Christians. Abraham Lincoln declared that our government is of the people, by the people, and for the people, although there's ever-mounting evidence that the elections are rigged. Nevertheless, and regardless of the outcome, no one would have authority unless it was granted from, as Jesus says, on high. God is in control of history, the past, the present, and the future, at a granular level. You are in his, his plan. Jesus said... Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father? And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Do not be afraid. You know what the next verse is? 
Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Do not be afraid. God watches over you, even more so than the sparrows. Do not be afraid. Easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? As Pastor Leighton Sheely, you've been listening to a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse. He's in the book of John, chapter 19, and we will pick up right about here tomorrow at this same time. I hope you can come back. We're into December. Of course, you knew that, but I wanted to remind you that uh, moving into December means a lot of special activities at Church of the Highlands. For instance, at the Hillsdale Mall on December 11th, this coming Saturday, there will be a carol sing at 4 p.m. Whether you can sing or not, come and join us as we sing Christmas carols at the Hillsdale Mall. All the details are on the website at highlands.us. On the homepage, there is an events link. Just click on that and you'll find the specifics. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day and join us tomorrow if you can as we once again turn to the book of John, chapter 19, and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.